0: I mean, there's five manners of death. There's natural, accident, suicide, undetermined, and
1: homicide. That's Heather. She's been a registered nurse for nine years. She's worked in general nursing, surgery, and hospice. But over the last three years, Heather's been a death investigator. Basically,
0: we're evidence gatherers. So we find out all of the circumstances that led up to that person being brought to the hospital.
1: Today... On to Me, Heather and I talk about death investigation. I never really thought about who handles death investigations until my brother-in-law died last year. What I found out in his case, living in California, there are laws governing who gets autopsied or not. But ultimately, the sheriff was in charge of ordering death investigations and autopsies. And so that's where we're gonna start for this particular episode. I posted a very short version of just the general overview of what Heather does as a death investigator, and I kept it really basic, and I didn't include a lot of yippity-yap between Heather and I. But I went back, and as I listened to the original recording, you know, there's a lot of valuable information in there, not the least of which are some concerns about reporting systems. I used the example of what happened with my brother-in-law. I was uh, a little bit beside myself when I realized that, well, just go ahead and listen. Even after an autopsy, even after, you know, a medical professional, a pathologist has done an autopsy and gives their report as it's a pulmonary embolism. I mean, uh-huh. the ultimate authority to sign off on the death certificate is to the sheriff. Yeah. And, and and there was a case where I think it was outside of Sacramento that um, the one of the medical examiners um, resigned in 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 a very public protest uh, because a sheriff had overridden his findings of an unlawful shooting by uh, one of the police officers. And so he, the sheriff overrode that, that finding on the part of the pathologist, um, because he could, because ultimately it's left up to the, um, the cop. Yeah.
0: I I mean, I've read similar things like all over the uh, country and I, did you watch that John Oliver piece on death investigation? Um, to explain the clusterfuck that is death investigation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he does a like him and his staff do a really good job because it's so inconsistent. Like I've met foreigners like at um, death investigation conferences, but I like I don't understand a lot about their system because our system is entirely different. And in some states, like like ours, like Iowa has a medical examiner system where each county has its own medical examiner who is a physician. Right. And then you have states with mixed. Right. So then, like in big areas of population, you have like a medical examiner jurisdiction and then you might in remote areas have like coroners.
1: And so uh, that's, but that's a distinction, right? So medical yeah. examiner is way different than what a coroner is and right. it, or it can <laughs> be. Yeah. And some people call them, I mean, some people's titles
0: are medical examiner, coroner. Like I, I it all just depends on what the state laws say. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. And I, it's all, I mean, honestly, very confusing to me because I, I'm like, well, our system, I mean, makes so much sense to me. It's
1: mm-hmm. like, why, yeah. why would, why,
0: why would it not all be that way? Right, You know,
1: right. Um,
0: because medical people, especially doctors, like especially forensic pathologists, should—I mean—they ultimately determine the cause and ma- manner of death. So because mm-hmm. of their training and education, sure. Not that they can't be wrong sometimes, but it's—it's it's so fucked up, Andy. Like I like I'm in just as much disbelief as you when I read about these things where it's like, oh, this guy was clearly shot by someone else, mm-hmm. or it's suspicious. Mm-hmm and then a a sheriff's like well i know the guy that shot him we're gonna call this an accident
1: (laughs) (laughs) right and and they and and they're given that and that's their purview for iowa you said it's on the county level right but yeah ultimately nested under medical examiner like how does that work exactly
0: so it like in in so in iowa it's I mean, our county is unique because we have a university in Mm -hmm. our county, and then we have um, a county medical examiner who is a forensic pathologist, uh, a board-certified FP. And then um, we have two deputy uh, medical examiners, which are also board-certified forensic pathologists. So that's unusual in Iowa, but each county has their own medical examiner, which has to be a licensed physician, from my understanding. So they have the ultimate authority to determine the cause and manner of death. So how um, a medical examiner case is determined is by any death that is sudden and unexpected or any death that's related to trauma.
1: Mm-hmm
0: the jurisdiction is determined in Iowa by the county of death. So if you got injured in a combine crash in Mm -hmm. Grundy County, but you were sent to Johnson County, then and you died in Johnson County, then Johnson County would determine jurisdiction. So that means that we would look into that death and see what were the circumstances. Does that...
1: Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So let's say I was life flighted to University of Iowa hospitals or whatever. And I, and I croaked after like dropping off, dropping dead on my combine. And so, so you guys would get the first crack at, at cause of death. Now, is there, so just kind of as, is that right? So you, so that would be under Johnson County jurisdiction. Yeah. Could Grundy County come back and say, oh, it was, um, there was a huge dispute between the Copses and the Sandersons, and we believe it was foul play, and the Combine was fucked with? Can, yeah. We're going to override <laughs> what you
0: say. Can they do well, that? They, th- can, they can't override that, <laughs> to okay. my knowledge. So, sure. So, so what would happen is, let's say, so let's say that Combine crash occurred, yes. and so then that death happens in, in, in my county, of Johnson County. And so then once, you know, we're, we respond, the investigators, and I'll explain more about that, but um, we work under the medical examiner. Mm-hmm. And our job is to, basically, we're evidence gatherers. So we find out all of the circumstances that led up to that person being brought to the hospital. So. The first thing I would do, like he died at the hospital. The hospital, like the morticians there, or they're called decedent care specialists. Oh, oh. Um They get the death reported to them by the hospital,
1: and they are in the hospital. Who triggers that though? Like, so when somebody dies, who triggers that call?
0: The nurses. Nurses. On the floor okay. Or doctors. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody actually can report a death, but the the university has like their own. Internal policy. So, like, the death is reported to the decedent care center, mm-hmm. which is in essence the morgue, mm-hmm. and the um, decedent care specialists that work there are trained to, like, you know, find out, like, well, was this death due to trauma or any kind of non-natural events? I mean, they they don't dig deep in that, but they just um they kind of try to find out those circumstances, and even if they're unclear, they just they err on the side of caution and report all of those deaths to us. Mm-hmm. So then I get, I get, let's say I get this stuff. So I see he has all this trauma from a combine crash. And so I call um, the family, if there is any, or like the legal next of kin. And I, I talk to them, I get a background on the history, like how they were feeling, you know, when mm-hmm. the last time I saw them, You know, is this a normal, do they know how to drive a combine? Right. You know, that kind of thing. Or have they had any
1: recent altercations with anyone? You do ask, so you do ask that. Yeah. Yeah, And then we call
0: law enforcement also. And so, like, like you said, like, the law enforcement's like, hey, you know, the Sanderson's and the cops have had this huge (laughs) about the combine. You know, we suspect foul play that I mean that's good information I gather all that information I report it to the medical examiner but that the medical examiner like we don't work for law enforcement and so in our manners of death I mean there's five manners of death there's natural accident suicide undetermined and homicide mm-hmm. um, our manners of death you know we don't even if law enforcement has concerns for foul play like they will look at the evidence from the autopsy as well as the investigative portion to help make their determination. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we're independent of all law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my job is basically not to make judgments or anything. I just gather as much information as possible as I can. And then I write up a report that, you know, basically like a narrative summary of everything that occurred Mm-hmm. and, like, all their health history, and then I I do an external exam of, like, we call them decedents. I do an external exam, and I take, like, systematic photographs, and I document any trauma or absence of trauma. Mm-hmm.
1: And so... Well, okay, wait. An... How do you determine an absence of trauma? Is it just that, like, so the combine <laughs> accident, let's just say that... Um, is it only when it's noteworthy so like the entire body was bruised and whatever except for this little portion on their back like that would be noteworthy
0: yeah well yeah and and then like and you know i it's very general because like i'm not a forensic pathologist like that's why we have like a systematic way that we photograph people Mm -hmm. um so like you know let's say a is, are there seatbelts in combines? I should probably know this.
1: Um, I don't know if they. You know what? I don't know. They didn't use. Let's say this is an old one. So no. Okay.
0: So no. Mm-mm. So like, like in you know, let's say in a car crash, and you have a seatbelt, and there's tip, there can be not always, but there can be like a definite linear mm. like set of abrasions that would indicate that they may have had a seatbelt on. Um. Mm-hmm. So like, like that would showing trauma but like an absence of trauma would like in this case the common had no seatbelt mm-hmm. and they had like let's say no bruising on on their abdomen at all
1: yes-hmm mm-hmm. so it. I would just
0: take a photo like it's not I guess I should clarify like it's not my job to determine what kind of injuries they are it's just like I just see one yeah and, like I take a photo of it and then I take a photo with a scale mm-hmm and um then I like all that goes. We have our like a system that each case file goes into a computerized system, and then the um, forensic pathologists are able to access that and use that in their determination of cause and manner of death.
1: Okay, so that's that's what happens when somebody's in the hospital. Do you? I guess do you respond? I mean, I'm assuming like houses and things like that. Do you act? Do you respond to like car accidents or no
0: yes we really respond, yeah on hmm. scene yeah. but not every jurisdiction is the same you know or mm-hmm. uh, it's you know in every system is the same it just depends on your population how much staff you have how well funded you are um mm. uh, and like all you know all of our funding is through the county um and, you know, some counties that are more remote or rural may not have the same level of funding, mm-hmm. um, that just in, in Iowa, at least yeah. and that's just up to individual counties. But, uh, so like in our office, what for, for deaths, like we call them scene deaths, uh, if someone dies in the community, you know, typically if, if, Uh, 911 is called or a call will come in for like a welfare check on a person. So uh, EMS might respond, like paramedics, law enforcement might respond, and fire, the fire department might respond. And so, um, you know, whoever responds, they get to the person's house. However, the person is declared dead, um, you know, the person might be in an obvious state of death so EMS might not even respond. Um, so what would happen then is law enforcement would call the emergency communications center for our county and request that the medical examiner be paged. Mm-hmm. So then we have a, our phone as our pager.
1: Yeah, so it's, we'll, not, it's not something giant that you wear on your fanny pack?
0: No, but no, it's just a cell phone. Okay, good. I, I died when I saw that. <laughs> I wish I wish it I wish it were. And, 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 and so we'll get a page through the the communication center asking us to call them back and then they connect us with the law enforcement officer or the detective on the scene and then we'll kind of gather what information is currently known. And then we will respond to the scene and do a joint scene investigation with law enforcement. And, like, we'll take photographs of, I mean, the scene Mm -hmm. and then the the decedent within the the scene and and interview families or next of kin, um, either if they're on site or, I mean, a lot, especially now during covid A lot of things are done by phone. I mean, we still respond to scenes, but, um, you know, I sometimes at a scene, I'll talk to family on scene. With -hmm. COVID, I probably will just give them a phone call, like tell them I will explain why I'm there and then call them later. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: But just the the same process, like finding out the circumstances of what the person, how they were feeling, you know. Like, did they have a history of drug use? Did they have any recent illnesses, falls? And I'm trying to, like, gather as much information on all the manners of death and to provide that to the medical examiner. And then I also ask law enforcement, too, like, do you have any concerns for anything suspicious? Or do you have a history of calls to this residence for, you know, domestic violence? Or, you know, I'm just throwing out examples. Sure. But yeah, so we'll do that. We'll also, um, with all deaths, we'll request reports from everybody. So medical records, um, law enforcement reports, EMS run reports, all of that. And that will all go in our file to you and to the medical examiner so they can look at all, all of that.
1: Two questions. So you take photos. Now, is there also if there's a if it's a crime, let's say, or a known crime, an obvious homicide or whatever? Does there, is there also a, um, uh, law enforcement representative that's taking photos or do they rely on the death investigator to do that?
0: No, they, so law enforcement here has a crime scene investigation unit. So typically for like anything suspicious, even if it's not suspicious that this crime scene, um, officers that are trained, Uh, will definitely show up to suspicious deaths but a lot of times if it's not a suspicious death um law enforcement may still take photos but definitely for anything suspicious they would take their set of photos and then we would take our set and we typically would try to coordinate that together um it just depends on what the scene is and you know if warrants are needed um to be obtained by law enforcement um Sometimes, like they'll ask that we wait to, you know, please respond to the scene, but we'll have to wait for these warrants before we can go in. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I like. I believe that Iowa Code um, basically um, the medical examiner investigators are allowed to basically photograph um, any anything that has to do with determining the cause and manner of death. Um, I mean. We would have to get permission, like from the homeowner, right? Um, but we don't
1: need a warrant, per right? Because we're not, we're not. you You maintain autonomy as, as yes. okay. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So let me ask you this then. So if it does, like this, say this homicide, can anything that you use be then um, subpoenaed for use? Would it have yes. to be subpoenaed for use because you're not a uh, part of law enforcement? So if you guys yes. can go in without a warrant, that means that your stuff can't be used in trial unless it's subpoenaed, right? Or- right. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, we need
0: permission. We can't just sure. bust into a place right. and be like, hey, <laughs> it, 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 it can and it often is. Um, it, I mean, it just depends on the case. Uh, but yeah, it, it can be subpoenaed. And um we provide all of our information to law enforcement without a subpoena. So and we get like we'll get their reports and photos and then we give them a copy like typically they'll request a copy of the autopsy report and any photos that we take. Uh-huh. So that is shared in in between. But all of our information can be subpoenaed and has been. I I've actually been subpoenaed before um mm-hmm. in, in in one case. And um but the thing about my report is the report that I write is just basically gathering information for the medical examiner. The medical examiner interprets all of the information that's gathered along with the autopsy and to determine the cause and manner of death. But like in my report, I always, basically it's always attributed to someone else. So You know, I say, like, this person, the decedent died at this date and time at this place. And then, like, it's it's a formula. And then it's, like, according to such and such medical records, I'll list their past medical history and, like, all of that stuff. And then according to this law enforcement officer, you know, it's basically it's all secondhand information that I gather. I mean, there certainly can be firsthand information if I'm interviewing family and family says,
1: they killed him, or something. Right. Um, I'll write that in my report,
0: and I can be questioned about that. Mm-hmm. But basically, my re- if, if I'm attributing my report to someone else, it's, it's I mean, it it can be considered hearsay. I go into every case knowing that it can all be subpoenaed.
1: So, what would be your like, like, do you wear a jumpsuit? What's going on? What do you walk out with, oh, like, for well, protective I wish, gear? I, I wish I could wear a jumpsuit. Oh my god! And, and especially uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go into like our COVID prep later, but yeah, like a, a, a scene that that's you know doesn't have any suspicion of infectious disease. um, Which you know, God, how pretty, would you know that? I mean, even pre COVID, yeah. right? Anyway, well, yeah,
0: exactly. so, the thing of, that we're also fortunate about is that we have access, our particular jurisdiction has access to the uh, medical records to the university's medical records, so mm-hmm. um we can do like a brief like what's their history so a lot of times if someone has a known infectious disease it'll be flagged but, sure but that's not always the case and sometimes people aren't in the system so mm-hmm. you always act as if i mean normal ppe precautions so always gloves I, my our uniforms i mean we have like shirts um that the medical examiner and our names on them and of various styles and coats and hats and all that stuff, but like I'm I'm always hot, so typically <laughs> I'm just wearing my shirt, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a short sleeve shirt, and, mm-hmm. and like dark pants, like jeans or mm-hmm. I, like we we're supposed to wear like dark slacks, and then we have um, whatever footwear is needed. So I have lots of various steel toed footwear mm-hmm. um, that I wear, and so then. Uh, so that's basically what I will show up to the scene in, and then uh, I always gloves, um, like face, like a face protector, like a shield if I need it. Um, we have masks mm-hmm. of all kinds, um, and then we have a like personal protective gowns that we um, wear, and then boot, like boot or shoe covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's my typical getup. Mm-hmm. a scene. It just also depends on. Is like the person in a state of decomposition right, right? I might wear a Tyvek suit or a full body suit in that case with a um, shield and eyewear and a mask and that kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it, it just all depends on what the scene is.
1: I went through the CDC website to find out, like, you know, they have sort of a directory of how each state handles or you know in some cases mishandles (laughs) death investigations. And so Iowa, I went through and they had this list of, of manners of death. Have you responded to ones that are like drowning deaths or supposed drowning deaths? Yes. Yes.
0: I've, yeah, I've responded to um, a handful. Well, I mean, I've only been doing this job. This is my third year. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I've I've definitely had a handful of water related deaths. Um, and, um, there's typically, if someone is in like found in water, uh, we would like to be there to help extricate that person if possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we can photograph how they were found. And, um, there's lots of, important information that the medical examiner will want to know about that location in the water like depth temperature that sort of thing mm-hmm. um so we would like to be there if possible that of course doesn't always happen um so law enforcement may extricate them from the water and we meet them at a location that they request mm-hmm. um, it just it just all depends
1: mm-hmm.
0: um like if it's a public Even, I mean, we respond to public deaths all the time and we have, you know, procedures in place to um, protect the decedent as much as possible to
1: give them privacy.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I've I've been to a handful of water deaths and and deaths in public um, that are, you know, always, there's always something to learn every day with everything in life, but I definitely learn something new every day at this job. Um, like oh okay well once if I respond to a death that's like in public the first thing I'm gonna do is like set up privacy screens like anywhere I can you uh-huh. know uh-huh. but um yeah it's you never know what's gonna happen
1: well <laughs> like, and that's what keeps it interesting yeah and so I mean this list like you and I we've sort of covered uh you know violent deaths you know including homicide or suicide. Um, have you, so I'm just going to ask you, based on this list, if you've attended any that fall under the rubric for Iowa that require death investigations. Um, so have you ever been to homicide? Uh, well, I homicide uh, or suicide. Yeah. Okay. Yes, so have. you have been to those. Yes. Um, here's a weird category. And this is no, no, but but I was like, what is this? And and it's weird for one reason. And I'll give you I'll give you um, uh, three chances to figure out which one's weird. The deaths need to be attended um, if it's a thermal, chemical, electrical, or radiation in injury. So which one made me go what? Okay. Electrical electrical or radiation. I think radiation
0: would you would probably
1: question. Yeah, I got tricked up on that. Yeah. I was like, What what? I mean the other ones I can I can wrap my head around, obviously. But where would I'm like, where would radiation come from? I mean nuclear power plants? Do they, well, like for one? But in okay, so maybe I don't know where nuclear power plants are in yeah. Iowa. Yeah, I don't either. And I, <laughs> I have not responded to a <laughs> nuclear no, but it just—it was just interesting because I was like, okay, thermal, got it, totally get what that yeah. is. Chemical, obvious. Electrical, yep. And I'm like, radiation. Anyway, but that was just under yeah. Iowa specifically, and I'm like, huh? I wonder. Yeah. I mean, aliens. What do? What are they not telling right. us? Right. What are they not telling us?
0: Exactly. Well, I think I think Halo has a some sort of nuclear. I. I
1: Oh, you know what? Yeah, but you know what? There's probably, okay, so maybe this is bananas, but maybe some of the universities have research that might. Yeah, research and then any kind of imaging is radiation related. So you get x-rayed to death? (laughs) Yeah, you got x-rayed to death. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. What would that even, I mean, that would take a long time. Like you would have to pack a lunch for that, that death. So then, uh, so I'm going to skip over the next one, because it's all about infectious disease. This one, this one seems really fucking broad. Death that has occurred unexpectedly or from unexplained cause. I'm like, okay, that seems like to cover a lot, but that was one of the specific bullet points for Iowa. I can like elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, I mean,
0: like, so the criteria for a medical examiner case is any sudden or unexpected death. Uh So let's say, you know, I mean, especially um, in Iowa, um, you know, a, a lot of people happen to have heart disease and they might not be ill at the time and they, you know, are living their lives and just going about their day and they suddenly just, you know, collapse and die. Um, in their home, let's say,
1: Mm -hmm. um, -hmm.
0: you know, they, they have a history of heart disease, but let's say, you know, they're, they're taking their medication, they haven't had any recent illness, but so they're
1: not expected to die, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, that's, that does
0: cover like a broad landscape of, of, um, disease and it's, it's basically like any death that occurs in the community that's like not under the, um. Care of a physician, like on hospice, mm-hmm. but any any death that occurs, even if it's a natural death that occurs in the community, um, like we'll respond to to do an investigation to make sure that there's no concern
1: for anything other than a natural death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's a here's a category that is like I can't imagine um, death of a person um, in jail or a correctional institution. Um, have you done any of that kind of work yes we respond to and all all of those deaths and you know our county has a a large correctional facility yep yep so yes they have medical classification center there right Yes. okay yeah I just know that from some of my other reporting so yeah yep so we respond
0: all to make sure you know just like you know what kind of natural diseases they had like, just the same as any other death. Like, did they have any history of, you know, uh, altercations? Like, right. have they been feeling ill? You know,
1: all the same questions. Mm-hmm. Don't they also have a hospice unit? They do. They okay. do. And, and uh, yeah, I've responded to deaths there as well. Mhm. That actually kind of made... I I was glad to see that they had that there. I don't know. It just seemed like... Oh, absolutely you know yeah i mean these are our human beings um right absolutely um okay so obviously there's a bullet point for farm related deaths unless there's an obvious natural <clears throat> cause of death which is like does that mean okay so i don't know if you remember there's a farmer several years ago that had a heart attack and died and drove his tractor into something um <clears throat> In Beban. But the thing is, is that wouldn't you have to, what would be an obvious natural, I know these are really weird questions, but I'm like, what would be an obvious cause, a natural cause of death that is also farm related death, sure. you know? Sure. Well, so what, so the
0: Iowa code, which I, I think you're yeah. like looking at that, uh-huh. so the IELTS code has, um, you know,
1: provisions for required autopsies and recommended autopsies. Okay, okay. And, and so a, a
0: farm death is, I believe, a required autopsy regardless of, you know, if a farmer had heart disease. And the only reason I keep using heart disease because it's common. Right. Um. But, yeah, driving
1: a tractor that crashed uh-huh. into something.
0: That I believe is a required autopsy, so we would do an autopsy um, no matter what mm-hmm. our uh so in other counties, so um Johnson County, we do autopsies for a few other Iowa counties uh, other than that, so in Grundy county, mm-hmm. if someone died if that farmer died there, that person. Would be sent to the uh, Iowa, uh, the medical examiner of the state in Ankeny,
1: and they would do they do the remaining autopsies for all the other counties in Iowa. Oh, good God! Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so that, but there's
0: definitely required autopsies, and I'm, I'm almost I, I don't have the list in front of me. That's that would be a required autopsy, I'm almost positive, and then the recommended autopsies are up to the purview of the medical examiner as well. But I can tell you in our county, um, if we have a scene death that's like of a suicide, um, we're going to do an autopsy, even if it's not required. um, That's typically the medical examiner would order an autopsy in that circumstance.
1: Mm -hmm. Here's one that seems like you could be I mean, it depends, I guess, on how bad the tornado season is, but deaths due to natural disaster, including tornadoes. Yeah. Good grief. Right.
0: So that could be a lot, right? I I haven't dealt with that yet, but that
1: could, you know, it's always a potential. But I mean, it's like, what? Okay. I mean, so you would have to be some wizard to set up a situation where, let's say you're trying to cover up a homicide and, you know like just happened to luck out and there's a tornado in the neighborhood and you throw like the person you poisoned into the path of the, you know, E3 tornado. I don't know. It just, it just seems like a lot that could potentially be a lot. Well, the thing is, uh, and I don't know,
0: I just, I mean, I can just speak from our, from my experience, but typically with an autopsy, um, a toxicology would be ordered. But, I mean, I've, certainly that doesn't encompass everything. Um, but, you know, with... I mean, speaking of poisonings, with, you know, certain poisonings, there are, if it's long-term, there have been, like, um, external effects or, you know, clues that might indicate that. Um,
1: well, and I mean, poisonings you know. don't always mean some nefarious, do they? Right. No. Uh-uh. I, no. If
0: someone... If someone's taking, you know, uh, heart medicine and they have poor kidney perfusion, mm-hmm. that can lead to, like, a buildup of excess medication, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's always possible. So, yeah, I mean, poisonings definitely don't aren't always intentional.
1: So, yeah, I'm always on the lookout for, like, Agatha Christie, some sort of arsenic poisoning. <laughs> I know, I love those stories. There's always people that are drinking tea with like arsenic in it. And so just constantly left, right, and center, you know, the detectives on the scene are always like, Oh, well they you know, their faces are red. That's uh that can be a sign of arsenic poisoning. So yeah. I'm always on the lookout for that when they're talking about poisons, but I, right. you know, it's never anything um, probably that sexy or deliberate. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: always trying to think of you know I don't want to miss any piece of information mm-hmm. um, you know but sometimes it sometimes when it's obvious I can have a difficult time getting my head around it because I'm like well did we rule out everything you know but mm-hmm. it's also not my job to determine that either you know I just
1: right. like want to
0: make sure that I do the best job that I can to you know help explain why this person died the thing is is in my opinion, You know, death comes to us all. We all know this, but if we just don't talk about it, like it's a part of life. We need to talk about it and not be afraid of it, you know, or at least to be educated about it. Right. And, you know, I think the more you educate yourself and talk about it, you know, it takes away the less scary elements of it.
1: And that's kind of why this whole idea of a podcast started. I haven't figured out sound. I haven't figured out microphones if I should use them. I'm not terribly confident about my editing abilities. But one thing I do know is that Heather's great. And the people that have agreed to talk to me about death in one manner or another are great. And just a note about Heather is that her dad died several years ago. She's my younger sister's age. And her her dad and my dad, when my mom was pregnant with me, they were having cocktails at the Beam and Tap, which was the local watering hole. And the story was always that the call came that mom had gone into labor with me and dad, sitting with Heather's dad, Kenny decided that they could probably squeak in one more round before, before my dad had to go. <laughs> I don't know what this podcast is going to be. I have a lot of different ideas and I'm messing with a lot of different formats, et cetera, but hopefully you stick around. See what's shaking.